Hello, everyone. Time again for another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and I've got a fun episode in store today. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about my personal, my personal favorite subgenre of the horror movie, and that would be the slasher movie. And I'm going to be talking about some, uh, some slasher movies that are some of my personal favorites that aren't necessarily the, uh, the most well-known or the most, uh, that get the highest accolades like Halloween. I, I'll tell you right now, Halloween is not in here. Friday the 13th is not in here. The Halloween movies, uh, all of those, those are not in here. These are, uh, lesser seen movies to a certain extent. One of them is, is a little bit more, uh, well-known, but for the most part, a lot of these are, uh, the, the other couple that I'm going to be talking about are, I would consider them to be Z grade horror. Um, and that is exactly what cinema's soft underbelly is all about. Uh, we are about all things obscure and all things little seen gems in the rough, uh, and, the soft underbelly, of course. So anyway, without further ado, here we go with uh, 80s Z-grade slashers. And I'm going to start out with my personal favorite of the bunch, and that would be J.P. Uh, Simon's Pieces. Uh, this movie is awesome. Um, awesomely bad, but awesome nonetheless. Um, I've seen this movie. The first time I saw this movie was back on in the days of uh, VHS, and I fell in love with the movie back then, and I still watch it quite a bit now. Uh, this movie is it, it has yet to get a Blu-ray release, but I believe that Grindhouse releasing is going to be putting that out. I have a beautiful Arrow uh, Arrow DVD of it that. Uh, has great special features, a great booklet, uh, and all that good stuff. So, um, 1982 is when the movie came out. So this was in the in the uh, midst of the slasher boom. I mean, 1982 saw tons of great, great slasher movies. Uh, this being probably about my favorite one. Uh, I'm going to read the synopsis here, the brief synopsis. Uh, Young Quids, I'm because big, honestly, all of these are. Are, are very similar. Uh, young coeds are being cut up by a chainsaw killer on a college campus. The killer is attempting to put together a human jigsaw puzzle made from body parts. And it is exactly like it sounds. It is that. Uh, and the movie pieces that gives you an idea of what you're in store for. Um, the, uh, the uh, writer, one of the writers of this was Joe D'Amato and he was an Italian, uh, Italian director that made all sorts of movies for director. He's 198 credits as director. So that just gives you an idea of, of uh, his body of work. Uh, a lot of them weren't that good, but I've seen some Joe D'Amato movies that were an, enjoyable. However, we're not talking about Joe D'Amato. We're talking about JP uh, Simon's pieces. Um, this movie is so totally bizarro. The music is great. The acting is so hammy and over the top and bad. It's it's fantastic. J Christopher George is in this, and I, as I s talked about on uh, the uh, first Lucio Fulci episode that I did, he was also in City of the Living Dead, and uh, 
he's great in this. In fact, another movie that we're going to be talking about today, he's also in that too, another slasher movie. But he was just this cool, uh, he looks a little bit like Roger Moore, but even more of a, you know, suave type of hammy actor, I guess. Uh, but there's so much going on in this movie that doesn't quite make sense, and they're just throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you to see what sticks. I will say this. One thing that does stick with this movie is the insane gore. This thing is crazy gory. Uh, it, it, to, a little backstory on J.P. Simons here. He did uh, Slugs, the movie, which is a knockoff of piece, or of uh, Piranha, which is a knockoff of Jaws, which I love Slugs. I love that movie. Uh, he also did uh, Pod People, which has been on and one of the best episodes of Mr. Science Theater 3000. So just to give you an idea of his body of work. Uh, he's no longer with us, unfortunately, because I would have loved for him to keep on making movies. He actually, I, I watched one recently from him called The Rift. I believe it's on Amazon Prime, and uh, it's an underwater horror movie with a creature or something. And it it was another another gem. The acting is bad. The special effects are gooey and gross and gory, and they just work. Uh, so anyway, I I really 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 like this movie. This is truly one of my favorite slasher movies of all time. Uh, the killer, it's fairly obvious who the killer is, but that's not important here. What's important is um, if you've watched uh, if you've watched Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's Grindhouse and you watched the fake mock trailers, uh, if you want to know what this movie is like, basically take Eli Roth's Thanksgiving and make it into an 85-minute movie, and that's pretty much what this movie is. is it looks like that. And it has that feel from that that trailer. Um, but there's so much wrong with this movie, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, and I, I hesitate to, to say too much about everything that is just laughable in this because it makes it so fun and so funny. This is the farthest thing from scary, by the way. This is not that. It's just bonkers. There's a... There's a random Chinese dude that shows up wanting to do some karate for some reason. There's... The red herrings that uh, are obviously not the not the killer, but uh, but they're trying to lead you to believe that they might be the killer. There's a scene where there's a, a hacked to bits coed body parts laying all over the place and a chainsaw laying over on the side. And um, the detective or so, someone says something about, "I wonder if that was if that was used for 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 this murder." It's like, yeah, you're you're in a you're in a college dormitory. Uh, in an indoor swimming pool area, and there's a bloody chainsaw there and body parts all over the place. Like, what? Are you are you kidding me? Um, the uh, the the intro. Most of these slasher movies, they have a cool intro to where it sets things up for why there is a killer and why he or she is killing people. And this one here is no no exception, of course. Uh, it's funny because the beginning is like set in 1942 and there's like, there's a push button phone and it's like, I'm pretty sure that push button phones didn't exist in 1942, but it's just things like that the whole way through are like, what? Um, so anyway, um, about the Kung Fu scene. It's so random, but uh, I've got trivia pulled up here on IMDb and it says that the producer Dick Randall was simultaneously making Kung Fu films in Rome and um, a cameo for a Bruce Lee imitator, Bruce Lee, L-E, 
was written into this film, even though this scene makes no sense in the context of the rest of the film. So Bruce Lee, L-E, is in uh, pieces. So how cool is that? Um, uh, The look of the killer was based on the comic book character The Shadow, um, not as is often thought for the Italian giallo cinema. Now, this is not Italian giallo. This is, I believe that J.P. Simon is a, a Spanish director. Um, but it, it has, like, the killer does wear the black gloves, whatever. But it's so, um, giallo movies generally have a really intricate plot. This does not have an intricate plot at all. This is just just throwing whatever works at the screen and going from there. I, I love it. I, I love Love, love this movie. Um, there's one scene that is just so incredibly gruesome, uh, where there's, in fact, the ending of my shows, uh, and I'm going to, actually, I'm going to be switching it up here. I'm going to be starting some different beginning music and closing uh, end music. But the, uh, the big band music, that comes from the movie Pieces. It's so funny, that scene, with this booming loud band music playing and the killer is chasing this co-ed through the showers. And But uh, anyway, so I'm not spoiling anything by saying that she does get killed by with a chainsaw. Uh, but uh, a pig carcass was used for the close-up of the chainsaw cutting through the tennis player. And let me tell you what, that thing was so nasty. And I, I didn't realize that until much later after seeing it uh, for many, many times that that's actually what they used because I'm like... For a low-budget Z-grade slasher movie, that was really well done gore, and it was, that was nasty. Well, yeah, that's because uh, that was a pig carcass that they were cutting through. So, um, anyway, um, the red herrings are hilarious. There's a, there's one professor, I think his name is Professor Brown, and he's so weird and bizarro, and he actually would be the type that I would I would be like, okay, well, I, I, I can see that red herring as being an actual, I could see him being the killer. Uh, but anyway, you just, half the fun of this movie is just sitting back and uh, seeing what all is wrong with it. Um, but again, I wouldn't have it any other way. The ending is so uh, out there and makes no sense and that's why it works. It makes no sense, and it, it's fantastic. It's brilliant in its absurdity. So uh, I could keep talking about pieces, but all you need to know is inept cops trying to find a killer that is hacking women to bits with a chainsaw on a college campus somewhere in Spain that's trying to, trying to pass for the United States, I think, something like that. Um, Highly, highly recommend this movie. Uh, my co-host over at Movie Freaks, he watched the movie, and uh, I believe that he had a very similar review of the movie. Um, that it's so bizarro and out there that you have to, you just have to see it. So, uh, anyway, I I say if you're wanting to get into the slasher movie, this might not be the best place to start um, because it's so bizarro. Uh, something like Halloween might be a better place to start with the slasher movies but if you are a seasoned slasher vet and you want something different pieces is your movie trust me so moving on uh next up is a movie i've only watched one time and the reason that i'm going to be talking about this next is because it also does star christopher george um and uh it it gets everything right about the slasher movie from this time period this was from 1981 and uh, vinegar syndrome uh just recently put this out on Blu-ray. 
Uh, Troma originally released it many, many, many years ago, and I, I didn't have a chance to watch it until just recently, until I picked it up on Blu-ray, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, I, I will blind buy early 80s slasher movies that I've never seen with the mindset that uh, even if they're bad, they're going to be good. I, I, I love this, this, this genre and that time period. I, I love it. Uh, so I did that. I, I I blind bought this, and it is quite good. It's not it's not absurd pieces good, but it's uh, it's it does everything that it's supposed to do for a slasher movie uh, quite well. So and for that, I give it not only a thumbs up, but I wanted to bring it up because it 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 should be seen. Um, Herb Freed is the director of this, and I'm pretty sure that he hasn't done a whole lot else. Nah, he did. He's he's done ten other movies, some horror, uh, but he hasn't done a whole lot recently. Um, I'm going to read the back of the movie here. Uh, Class of 1981 is running out of time. After the death of a high school track star during a race, a mysterious fencing mask-wearing killer begins murdering her friends and teachers. Who could the killer be? Her disgruntled coach? Her angry sister? Her violent boyfriend? As the bodies pile up, a twisted mystery unfolds, slowly revealing itself as it moves towards its bloody climax. One of the quintessential high school set slasher films of the early 80s, newly restored in 4K and presented in its original aspect ratio for the very first time. Uh, movie does look great. And again, you can tell by watching this movie that the budget was extremely, extremely low. But uh, I love seeing companies like this, like Arrow, like Synopsy, uh, taking on movies like this and giving them a full-blown 4K remaster with uh, lots of good special features, retrospectives, interviews with the original cast, director possibly, all that good stuff. I love that. It's, uh, it's so cool to see that these movies are handled uh, with the, the love that they deserve. Uh, these are a, a, a timepiece of history that I think is very important to cinema, even though they're, yeah, you know, they're Z-grade slasher movies, but something about them uh, encapsulates the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, so, so good. And uh, I'm just so glad that uh, we're not stuck with long out-of-print VHS full-screen copies or... DVD copies that don't look a whole lot better, that these are getting, uh, they're getting re-releases. So uh, anyway, well, like I said, uh, yeah, I'm looking here. The budget on this thing was $250,000. And $250,000 in the early 80s is really not much money for a shot-on-film slasher movie with, you know, a fairly nice-sized cast and uh, all that. But uh, like I talked about with pieces, this is very similar in, in style as far as, You've got your killer, and you've got your your silly high school and or college kids that do stupid things to get themselves killed, and uh, you you just want to see what's what's the nudity content going to be in these? What's the violent content going to be in these? Is it uh, you know is it going to be more like uh, a Halloween type movie where the, there isn't as much violence, or are they going to go more Friday the Thirteenth and just go all out like Pieces did? Um, Interestingly enough, uh, the trivia, there's some trivia on this movie, which I think is really cool. Uh, there was a blonde girl in the uh, number 46 tr- uh, track jersey, and she was cut from the film uh, as much as possible because she was fired, she was fired uh, due to her refusal to fulfill the nudity requirements because most of these movies have nudity. 
Um, Lene Quigley was hired to replace her, and Lene Quigley was in my favorite slasher movie of all time, that's Silent Night, Deadly Night. She's been in Return of the Living Dead, uh, Night of the Demons. She's been in, she is a, an 80s scream queen. She's been in tons of stuff, and I just think that's very funny. Uh, and then towards the end of the movie, and you know what, if I'm, I'm not going to give away the killers at any of these movies, but these are all kind of similar. So there's going to be a little bit of spoilers here and there. Not much, but uh, it's here towards the end of the film. When the dead bodies are discovered under the bleachers, Lene Quigley's decapitated head is never found. And this is because she hadn't been hired yet when they shot the scene. However, the decapitated head of the actress who she replaced remains in the scene. So how nice. So um, other actress that was cut from the movie, her, her, uh, her severed head is in the end of the movie. So I think, I think that's kind of funny. One thing of note with this movie is the beginning. There's, um, there's the very beginning is a, a girl dies because she's pushed too hard on the track. Uh, she's in a competition and her coach is pushing her too hard and she, she passes out and dies. Uh, and I'm not, you know, that's in the first five minutes. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting how that, that scene was shot. Um, it's not, typical slasher fare it was shot very um artistic i guess you could say and very there's tons of cuts and you're cutting to her and they're like real 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 fast cuts and it's very jarring and it's just different it's not something that you normally see in the typical point and shoot type slasher movies of that time which is basically you just set the camera up and you get your uh you get your both of your actors that are in the scene and your establishing shot. I mean, it's these things. I, I, I don't want to say they were easy to make, but it's, they're, they're kind of typical. They kind of do their own, they they have their own look, all these movies, but this one here tried to do something different. And I, I appreciate that. I like that they tried to get a little artistic, I guess you could say. Um, but like I said, Christopher George is in this as coach George Michaels. How funny is that? Yes. Coach George Michaels. Um, but it has the typical band of kids doing things that they shouldn't and um, getting knocked off one after the other. Uh, it's th- this movie here is not is not uh, is not one that you have to seek out unless you're a really diehard slasher fan. Then it's definitely one to pick up if you like that kind of thing. It's it's good, and I wanted to just. Just at least talk about it a little bit because it is a truly unseen, um, somewhat gem of the uh, the underbelly of the slasher movie. So, Graduation Day. It's a good movie. Vinegar Syndrome has a great release out. Highly recommend you pick it up. You won't be disappointed if you're a, if you're a slan- fan of the slasher movie. Uh, next up is a movie that I have watched for many, 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 many years. Since the days of... I, first time I saw this was on TV on like channel 43 or it's just an off channel. And, uh, I fell in love with it the first time I saw it. And I haven't watched this movie in a long time, uh, because the DVD was so, so poor. Uh, you, you could almost see nothing at nighttime. So I just, I haven't seen it in so long. Well, Synopsy films, uh, they did a 2k HD scan of the movie and, they, it tender loving care with this one, and they finally re, they finally released it, and that would be Prom Night. Prom Night is from 1980, and it stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nielsen of all people is in this movie. And uh, um, this is you know, Leslie Nielsen was 
had, I believe at this point, been in airplane and he had been in some disaster picks from the seventies. I think that he was in uh, Poseidon adventure. Um, so he was a name actor and Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, is coming off the hot, super hot Halloween. And I think, I want to say that Halloween two was made before prom night, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, but prom night is a Canadian production. Uh, there is some, and I'm not going to get too much into the making of the movie. I'm just going to just gush about my love of this movie. Um, there is some fantastic featurettes on this Blu-ray that are worth getting the Blu-ray just for that because it truly gives you a glimpse into how it how it was back then making these uh, early '80s slasher movies when things were so big. Um, and Prom Night was uh, I ha- I hesitate to say this was like a Z grade. It's not a Z grade slasher movie, but it's very much trying to capitalize on Halloween and and it's it's your basic slasher movie from the early '80s. But it works beautifully. I would I would say if if this and Halloween would be side by side, I would definitely pick Prom Night over that to watch. Um, uh, I highly recommend you picking up the Blu-ray of this because it is so so good watching the special features. And uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis being uh, being the big star then uh, there there was some issues with her and and the, uh, the and f- filming this these movies in Canada she also did Terror Train and I believe a movie called Road Games all like around the same time because she was like she was the big scream queen and uh, I I don't want to say for sure but I, I'm I've I've heard stuff about how people were upset that like Canadians were upset that this American was coming in and. And she was stealing the the spotlight and all that good stuff. So, but she's great in this. She's she's so so good in this. Uh, so I'm going to read the back of the movie here. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nielsen um, star in the celebrated slasher horror classic. Four Hamilton High seniors are hiding a terrible secret. What happened to Robin Hammond six years ago was a game that turned into a horrible tragedy, and someone saw what they did. Someone waiting for gruesome revenge. Wearing a black hood and wielding wielding an axe, a killer brutally slaughters the teenagers one by one at their high school prom. As the spotlight falls on the newly crowned prom king and queen, the psychopath will show everyone his new favorite game to play. Are you ready for a bloody night of disco madness? Synopsy Films is proud to present Prom Night in a beautiful new version remastered and restored uh, from the original 35mm camera negative. Uh, it's amazing watching this Blu-ray. Things that I have never seen in the movie, you can actually see now because the TV version and the VHS and the DVD were so dark that you couldn't tell what was going on. Here, you can you can tell what's going on, and I think that's so it's great. It's it's like you're watching the movie for the first time. Um, this is not this is this would be a little bit more like Halloween in that there's very slow buildup, but the slow buildup is. Um, is every bit as much fun for me as when the killer gets down to business. Uh, just a slow build-up. The killer is very, very creepy. Uh, the opening scene with the kids running around this abandoned school and and uh, really, really being mean to one of the kids is, is great. It's classic cinema. Um, the music is... Uh, yes, it's cheesy because this, this is disco type stuff going on in this movie. Lots of, especially with the prom itself, there's a big disco ball and it's just the whole disco theme, but it's so great. The song will stick in your head 
for at least a week afterwards, I think, because it did for me. I could not get this song out of my head, the song Prom Night. Um, and in fact, watching the special features, they actually explain why they came up with their, they came up with their own song in the movie because they weren't able to use, uh, they would, they would have had to pay too much to get a licensed, licensed song. So they just made up their own song and it's great. It's, it's so good. I love it. Um, but this one here isn't that terribly gruesome, although there is when it when when the killings happen, you're like it's very startling, and you're like, whoa, whoa, okay, yeah, that's right. This is a slasher movie, but the atmosphere is so good. The acting is, uh, especially for the other two I talked about, the acting is is five flights up from those movies. Uh, this is this would be more I I this is more top tier slasher fare, although it still is you know it's a lesser seen one just because, I mean, it hasn't been available for a long time and it, uh, it doesn't get the notoriety that a lot of the big dogs do. And it's unfortunate because I think this is every bit as good or better than a lot of those. Um, I like that the killer doesn't have any flashy costume or outfit or anything like that. It's just a dude with a, with a ski mask on and, and an ax. There you go. And it's, it works really, really good. The ending is really, really good. The the big the, the payoff is very, very good. Um, I just I can't speak enough about this movie about how good it is and uh, how it's a it's a gem in the rough. Definitely, definitely a gem in the rough. Um, looking at a couple notes here. Um, I'm looking here, and it says here, according to director Paul Lynch in the documentary Going to Pieces, The Rise and Fall of the Slasher Film, he was having difficulty securing financing until Jamie Lee Curtis signed on. Once the film was shot, Paramount expressed interest in distributing the movie. However, they only wanted to open it in 300 theaters, whereas Avco Embassy Pictures offered to release it in 1,200. Uh, Avco Embassy released Prom Night as a result, and that same year, Paramount released another independent slasher film, Friday the 13th. So they went head to head, and Friday the Thirteenth, of course, exploded. Um, so uh, again, there's some other there's some other comments here that I'm looking at, but um, but honestly, just go for it. If you're wanting to see what the '80s slasher movie was all about, watch Prom Night because it is great and it should be seen. All these movies should be seen. So. Uh, anyway, I'm going to hit on one more movie. I'm, I'm running fast out of time, but I just because it's honorable mention here, uh, and that is Slaughter High. And I'm going to just pull up my notes here on Slaughter High. It was a little bit. Uh, it came a little bit later after the slasher, the, the slasher boom had kind of waned in 1986. Um, Eight different people are invited to their 10-year high school reunion at their now-closed-down high school where a former student disfigured from a prank gone wrong is there to seek revenge. Uh, this is another, another good movie. It's not as good as the other ones, in my opinion. But uh, there's some notes that are, are worthy of mention in this movie. A poster of pieces that I just talked about is visible on the uh, porno movie manager's office wall when he's talking to Carol over the phone, Carol's an actor, obviously, in, in the movie, over the phone, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, um, the uh, film's working title was April Fool's Day. However, the title was changed to keep this film from being confused with the Paramount film April Fool's Day, which was released the same year. So, 
it was April Fool's Day, but then it turned into Slaughter High. I think, personally, Slaughter High is a much, much, much better title. Uh, 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 let me just see here. Harry Manfredini uh, is the, uh, did the, the music. This music is basically take Friday the 13th music and drop it into Slaughter High. There you go. It's, it's very, very similar. Um, the kills are, are brutal for this thing. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not as good. I don't think as the other movies I've talked about, but the killer himself is, uh, he has a, a a good reason for getting his revenge. And, but again, it's, I mean, I could go over the plot, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's a wronged, something happened to someone years ago and they were wronged and now they're back or someone they, someone that loved them is back to seek revenge on the bad actors that, uh, that did it to them. And there you go. There's the storyline, but it is good. It's, it's, uh, it's got some humor in it. They're, they try to make it a little bit funny and I go back and forth with this movie. Like, uh, it's not the greatest movie, but it's, it, for a slasher movie, it is it is underseen. It uh, it it should be seen if you're into that type of thing. It has all the the usual the usual staples for this type of movie. The uh, you know the the high school kids in, in a an enclosed environment that are doing things they shouldn't, and there's obviously sharp instruments handy for the killer to use. The uh, the ending of this movie though is is I'm not going to spoil it because you you just you should see it. Um, the ending of this movie is quite interesting because it's not what you're expecting. And, uh, it's, I'm surprised that they went the route that they did uh, with it because it's not typical of this type of movie. So for that, it's, it's worthy of a mention. It's not, it's not my favorite slasher movie, but it is still good, especially in the waning days of the slasher movie, which anything from 85 on starting to get more into the hair metal scene and, with that came a change in atmosphere for these slasher movies. They just didn't have the same feel uh, that the slasher movies did in the early eighties when it was just on, they were on fire. And now it was like, it just has a little, they're even more cheesy. If that sounds, if that's possible, they're more cheesy than they were in the early eighties, these later eighties movies. So anyway, honorable mention, it's a good movie. I highly recommend you check it out if you're into this type of thing. So I've probably said that a million times in this episode because that's, these are very subjective type movies and you either love them or you don't, or you think they're stupid and eh, then don't watch them, but I love them. So anyway, that's going to do it for me. Uh, you can get a hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at hotmail.com for any questions you may have or recommendations you may have, or if you violently disagree with some of my, my, where I stand on some movies, I'd still like to hear about it. I'd like to hear from you. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, tonight, we're going to have a huge Megapod show with Cinema's uh, Soft Underbelly and Cinema Sidekicks and Movie Freaks. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming up. It's going to be three different podcasts uh, talking about different things on each one. And I'm looking really, really forward to it. Uh, obviously, you can hear Cinema's Sidekicks over on iTunes and Movie Freaks over on YouTube. Do the search. We're, we're all over the internet right now. So anyway, thanks again for listening. I'm Eugene Weaver, and until next time.